0: The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed.
1: From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw.
4: I'm Ken
1: Absock. and this is the Clone Wars report. <laughs> <laughs> This has become now uh, almost my favorite part of doing the podcast is hearing what sort of a uh, breaking news sound that you will make every week.
4: I'm running out of options. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to reuse some.
1: <laughs> well, I like, this one really had some tension to it. I was like, is this, uh, this going to be any sort of music or is he just going to make spaceship noises?
4: Yeah, it's, it's exactly what it is. It's a spaceship breaking news
1: report <laughs> breaking spaceship news i would be happy for that if a spaceship just zoomed by in uh, real life and floated around outside of my apartment and uh, had a little ticker going that would be great anyway <laughs> we're gonna get into this episode of clone wars uh, dangerous debt this is the seventh episode of season seven dangerous debt we've been talking a lot about the titles does that grab you uh, as a specific kind of song from a specific band uh What what's dangerous debt sound
4: like to you? I it 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 sounds like a 1986 album by like Duran Duran or something, you know. (laughs) You got some dangerous debt to pay. (laughs) Uh, We're on a a sailboat, Uh, a lot of big poofy haired women around them. I I, you know that's what it is. Though the last few titles have been great. This one was it was good. I enjoyed it, but the last few titles have been big wins for Clone Wars. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: This is uh, this is nice and straightforward. There's something about dangerous debt to me that made me think of like a board game from the 80s that maybe some sort of plastic rhino would be involved in for some reason. I don't know why. I don't know why. But that's (laughs) catch the rhino before
4: he asks for money.
1: (laughs) Dangerous debt or maybe it's an actual plastic loan shark. There we go. There we go. Pitching the board games. So what is your, uh, what's your overall reaction uh, to this episode as we're getting towards the end of this uh, four-part arc?
4: I think, I think, though it does lack the resolution of this arc, because that's still coming, I think this should stand the test of time as one of the better Clone Wars episodes, I, I think. And I'm talking about all seven seasons. It had everything that we love about Clone Wars, some depth, some new context on old moments, and, and, and in a way that they almost have really... Uh, never done to this level uh, uh some action uh, it just looks sharp and then adding to the intrigue or lore bringing s- characters in we we uh, have known before with the cliffhanger i mean it had it had everything that we need i think other than a lightsaber
1: yeah <laughs> a lot more action uh, tons of uh blasters blasting uh unlike uh, the the limited amount of blasting we've had in in previous episodes of this uh soak arc uh no lightsaber but i feel like the the threat of a lightsaber the desire for one uh was very present there was like a, a lightsaber haunting in this episode to me because there was so much about who are the jedi and who should the jedi be and what are their what's the impact on the galaxy and on ahsoka so a lot of a uh, jedi presence that i really liked i was really happy I, I don't mind clone wars episodes that are not you know wall-to-wall action uh, mm-hmm. but i was really happy to see some of that more explosion of action to get that uh feeling and sense of adventure serial back so I was really excited for that and that it was a a different kind of action which Mm. we'll talk about in that it was seeing you know Trace and Rafa just some kind of people with blasters blasting away and then Ahsoka kicking ass but uh discreet ass kicking was yeah (laughs) was fun and new uh and then as you said the different lots of different kinds of canon connections made it really interesting and feel like a part of the much larger tapestry of the Clone Wars story. Um and yeah, in my I, I'm gonna wait for any final real strong opinion uh until that fourth episode of the arc, but my only even slight criticism is I'm still not entirely sure about the kind of the pacing of events and and whether it is feeling a little stretched. But even mm. in terms of just when the events fall, uh mm. over four episodes, you know, there's a part of me that goes, could this have been Three episodes. Uh, We'll see what the fourth episode delivers. Um, But honestly, I feel like that is kind of, even if I had that criticism, it would be a mild one because that's part of the tradition of Clone Wars because all of these uh, episodes, all these arcs are both telling a story with some depth and some character, but then they kind of have always stopped whenever they want for whatever is fun to the creators. If there's a big action scene or if they just want to spend times with uh with some droids uh doing some pratfalls they will stop and do that so uh, a proud tradition of clone wars i think
4: yeah I, I thought you were gonna say a tradition of being a star wars fan is to uh, have some uh, small criticisms that uh <laughs> um no I, I agree with you on on some of the things that we might uh, be discussing later i think there were some some weird beats i felt but uh yeah i, I think in terms of you know get where it falls on on the final uh place of the arc is is, is key and I think, uh, I think that's a great point. Cool, cool. Uh, Very excited for that
1: fourth episode. But for now, let's dig into this one. Uh, We always talk about the themes first. So the thing that jumped out the most to me as a big Star Wars theme, going back to uh, Lucas teaching his uh, Padawan Dave Filoni and Filoni now being the master of these episodes of Clone Wars. uh, The theme that jumped out to me is the power of choice. And generally, taking responsibility for mistakes or beliefs you might have had in the past—did that uh, pop out to you? Does that make sense to you, or did you feel something different?
4: No, it definitely, definitely is is right where I'm at. And and some of it, some of it, I this might be the, one of the first things uh, in, in Star Wars recently that kind of upset me on a level where I had to kind of work through my own kind of emotions on things, uh, which is good. I don't want I want Star Wars to hold up a mirror to me sometimes. And so, uh, yeah, you know, no, go ahead. Uh no. Yeah. So so but they, a lot of the, the deeper questions that are not easy, easily answered about power of choice uh, and especially when it comes to Rafa and Trace and, and their life and some of the lessons that they have learned, but also some of the things that brought them down this path. I would not blame them for, you know what I mean? Like it is it, 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 it should be a complicated answer to some of these Star Wars questions. And I think I got that in this episode. Cool, cool. So
1: uh, were you specifically affected by this idea that uh, Trace and, and Rafa are kind of going back and forth? We, we learn a lot about it, but they're kind of going back and forth about whether or not leading this specific kind of life of crime, uh, what, what they're doing now, dubious work, working with criminals, that they kind of didn't have a choice. Is that the specific one that, that's
4: really hooking you? No no uh, it, it took me in a good way like I, I, that raises the, the questions like what they can choose um, I think there's some hard choices to make and there's some brave choices for to make in those situations, but also I think there is a survival factor to what they have to do, including some of even their skills that they have come out of their survival. Um, so that now that actually was I thought really good to me. I, I uh, it was some of their, their their backstory that challenged me in a good way. um yeah
1: excellent so uh breaking down some of these big moments of choice and talking through them uh, i feel like the tone is set right away at the beginning when we uh see them in in their uh very beautifully designed cell that trace Rafa and ahsoka are kind of disagreeing about who is responsible for this and i really like it because this arc has had this sort of a the, a little bit of fun with a sibling bickering and how much is Ahsoka the outsider versus how much is she becoming the third sister uh, of the Martez's. Uh So it's got this just kind of fun of like, well, we wouldn't be here if you didn't screw up. We wouldn't be here if you didn't screw up and Ahsoka kind of coming in with her uh, moral high ground of, well, you know, I would never do any of this. It's fun, but it also totally sets the the tone of we are beginning the episode with none of them fully wanting to take responsibility for the, mm-hmm. Their part in getting them in this cell.
4: uh, f- uh fully agreed. Uh, full fully agreed. Uh, I I love the play, and and I love how where Rafa and Ahsoka still all through the episode. There's several times where Rafa's kind of giving up Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, you know, hilarious in a dark way. Just like, yeah, take her. Yeah, that and that really, uh,
1: really dicey. Uh, we'll come back for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nope, nope. <laughs> we won't yeah there's so much about the Martez's uh experience that oh that keeps having these great Han Solo echoes you know and that moment reminded me of like Han doesn't ever believe people are going to come back for him you know and and here's uh a Martez is kind of in in the general cut of Han Solo (laughs) demonstrating yeah I have no intention of coming back for Ahsoka Uh, very funny um I think there's a, the the part that you're talking about, and I think the, the big thing that is added to this episode it then is the reveal of uh, Trace and Rafa's past. The previous episode, there had been that sort of dramatic uh, part where Trace says, well, our parents, you know, ellipsis, you know, dramatic pause, split. Uh, and then we learn, no, they were killed in a Jedi incident. Um, and this really does get to lots of setting up elements of the idea of, choice and taking responsibility because we start to hear about well this this jedi made this choice to protect this crowded uh landing platform and instead threw a ship into a wall that killed the Martez's parents so you've got that choice and then we've got the added idea that the jedi kind of and we'll talk more about this but the jedi sort of left the Martezas to their own devices and then that caused the Martezes to make the choice to just survive however they needed to and move away from the teachings of their parents into a sort of gritty, this is just the way it is. So uh, I thought there were so many different ideas that you could, you know, run down of what, what does choice mean based on that, you know, horrific Jedi parent death backstory. Uh, Out of all of that, what, what was resonating with you?
4: I, 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 I will say this clear as my topic sentence here. I, I loved everything about this, including the, the the tough stuff for me to hear personally. Uh, I, I was upset with Luminari unduly, uh, uh, upset with her reaction. I thought Ahsoka handled the, the, you know, all you can say is it's, I'm sorry at that point and then deal with some of the stuff later on. Um, I would also tell, ask Rafa what when you have done in the same situation. And it ain't so easy. So it, it, it's layered for me. It really was. And then I love this. I love, I love when we look at something we've just held on high in terms of a general Star Wars action trope. Jedi fighting for justice. Well, now we have some reality to it. And that, I'm telling you, Justin, it's one of my favorite. I just loved it, including the fact that some of it made me grumpy. Does that make sense? You know, like, <laughs> Cause it's so real complicated and, and yeah, I, I am not, uh, cause we always go on this, the Jedi, there's some problems, but Hey, justice for the Jedi. And this is, this is a big, this is one of the added added into that pot of, uh, yeah. I don't think they had another choice in that situation, but the choice to what you do after is where they failed. If that makes sense from my point of view. Um, so I was really intrigued by all of it and how it's how Ahsoka has to face it and isn't technically even a Jedi.
1: <laughs> not right
4: now. Yeah. No, or, or
1: or is she? Or I mean, she's not technically right. I mean, you know, if, if Jedi had, uh, you know, badges, she, she's throwing hers down on the desk, you know. Take but, it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, I in, I want to dig into a little bit of the Jedi uh, choices uh, separately because they're so uh, they're so juicy. But I, I think one of the things that I really liked in all of this is how how incredibly emotional Ahsoka was uh, when she said, I'm sorry. And we know Ahsoka is a, you know, empathetic person. And we know that she, you know, uh, really likes uh, Trace and and is grateful for Trace's kindness when Ahsoka was down. But you have that added emotion that, you know, the Martez sisters don't know, but we, the audience know, that Ahsoka sounds like she is personally apologizing, even Mm -hmm. though she didn't do this. And the thing that my mind immediately went to is, is Ahsoka racing through every choice she ever made on a battlefield, and mm-hmm. thinking of, did I do that to some other kids that I've never met?
4: Right. No, I I think you're right. I think in that moment, I I think they play it very well. And again, we talk often about how just in season seven here, there's they're blessed with you know some better technology to make facial expressions. I mean, it's, it's, it's so uh, interesting to watch this season. out it just jumps off the screen for me better. So I I think you're right. I think there's a lot of, um, a lot of that in that moment. Yeah. The Rolodex of incidents. Yeah. And
1: in the, the Rolodex of incidents. So how much is Ahsoka taking personal responsibility versus is she being too hard on herself? And is she saying, Hey, just because I was a member of the Jedi order, I am responsible for every mistake any Jedi has ever made. There's also to me this weight of almost wanting to reach the screen and go, it's okay. It's okay. It's yeah. not, you know, it's not your personal responsibility. It's great that you question your actions. It's great great that you question your, your former allegiance with the Jedi, but is this entirely, you know, is she putting too much blame on herself?
4: Right. But it's, but it makes me, really love the character even more that she'd be willing to take on any part of that guilt, you know speaks highly of it speaks highly to her yeah of her. yeah
1: and and it's well set up that she is right on the cusp of saying like yeah i I do have high morality, yeah, I do sound like a Jedi because I am, and it seems like she is swinging sort of back on that pendulum swing and then gets so so hard knocked back the other way. it makes it extra emotional and powerful to me
4: uh yeah, absolutely, absolutely um yeah what a yeah sorry just, I just love the Ahsoka character so much <laughs> it Continues to reward us all yeah
1: yeah uh so going along on these sort of big moments of choice that uh, that jumped out to me uh, along with the sort of power of choice there's also the taking responsibility that y- that you have made choices and they have had ramifications like Ahsoka's working through I really love that this episode had Rafa kind of dancing closer to taking uh, responsibility for her choice to get involved with this job. Uh, And she's got the line that's almost played kind of for funny, for for laughs, it's played for the funny, uh, that, well, you know, when I took this job, I didn't realize that it would involve so much torture and execution. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Strange, but great uh, comedy line. But then at the end, right at the end, she truly does feel uh, apologetic and right. and is taking uh, responsibility did that land for you were you were you happy that rafa took responsibility
4: uh i'm trying to i'm trying to think of uh yeah happy happy but not happy like ha you you learned your lesson rafa just like the continuing development of her as a character or her as a person if she's if she's if she's real which sometimes we watch these movies and shows and we're convinced they're all real so you know what i mean like it's, it's again, there's no easy answer from from any of the big questions in this episode. I love that her parents, specifically her mother was, uh, you know, had a certain point of view that maybe they needed to get back to. But I don't I don't fault her for anything they've done decision wise, Trace and Rafa. I don't. I really don't. And sometimes you get exposed to the bigger picture and, and, and you don't have to be defined by uh, your beliefs and choices. Those can always evolve and hopefully grow, you know, so that's happy's a, happy's the way to say it, I guess. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's a, a weird phrase. I know,
4: I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I'm just like, I'm just uh, I'm just like, yeah, what, 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 what am I really feeling about it? And, I, and, I, and I'm definitely one. I'm not just like hey, hey, criminal in your lesson. I'm like, oh, good. <laughs> you're growing. Right, right. I think there's that. I think
1: that if Rafa refused to take any responsibility, it would be a demonstration of a character who was uh, incapable of growth. And in the real world, and in my opinion of Star Wars morality, that's, that's never good, right, when the character can't uh, question And take responsibility for maybe a dubious choice they might have made. So I think Mm -hmm. that's where the word "happy" is coming from. Me to see that this is a character that's gonna be capable of growth and and possibly change.
4: I just think I have a guilty conscience of taking joy in other people's suffering. Maybe that's what it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, one one has to wrestle
1: with that. Is uh, is somebody who who keeps saying one of their favorite parts of Rogue One is when Darth Vader mercilessly, you know, uh, murders. (laughs) totally just people trying to do a good thing. Eh, I, I got to wrestle with that for myself. Um, I, I don't, I don't want to put words in your mouth. So I'm trying to, to frame this because uh, I'm really interested in how you're responding to Rafa. Yeah. Are you, uh, I, I, I know that you, you have a law and order background. You, you, have you know, yeah. worked to security and I know family members have been police officers, but I also always get the sense of you that you are a person who will do what needs to be done. Is there a part of you that's sort of empathizing with, hey, if you were in a position like Rafa, you would do whatever you Ken Namsock would do
4: whatever it
1: takes to make sure your people are okay.
4: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll just talk specifically. I was I was involved in an incident with a, a, a multi-person gang fight that we were involved in, and in the process of rushing to the scene, one of my one of my employees uh, knocked out a twelve-year-old uh, kid that was in the way. Ugh. This is not death. Parents weren't dead. I, I get it. But like, and I've had other, other, other incidents like that. I have other things like that. Family members, friends, gone through something like that. So, um, given again, I'd have to do the same thing. Given the choice again, I'd have to, I, you know, would we not want to hit a uh, knock over a kid, uh, and who fell to the floor, like a, a boxer had punched him in the face. Yeah. No, I don't want that. No one wanted that. It felt terrible. Um, that's going to happen. Might happen. Potentially could happen. How you respond and how you choose to respond after is why I said I was upset with the Illuminari uh, moment. I thought that was a great moment for Rafa to to put that because it wasn't right. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think so. That's where the layers of choices come in. And I would say, it, it, and I'm, I'm t- I mean, I'm being honest. I watched this episode and it was one of the first times ever I was like, oh, come on. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to grab her off and be like, "What would you do in that situation? If you had force powers and you were, th- where would you throw it? You know?" And, yeah. and that's not fair, fair man. I'm I'm, saying, I'm I'm being honest with how I was working through this episode the first time I watched it. Um, yeah, but that's why it goes into different kind of things. I am just as I'm I, I was harder on my employees during the situations than than the public. Like we must always be better and seek solutions and seek help and and all this kind of even on the lower 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 levels of hey i can't find the gap you know like um so that so it 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 challenged me in different ways and there's no simple answer to it and that's what i that's what it inspired me which is great which is why i keep going this is great i I, sowers isn't just pew 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 you know and i love the reflection back on a moment that we didn't, you know, we all watched, right? Wasn't the movie, was it the movie? I'm trying to remember where it was, or was it? Just, no, yeah. we,
1: we didn't actually see actual- this. this. This would have happened at the end of the uh, episode hostage crisis where gotcha. uh, Cad Bane actually does break her out. Right,
4: right. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, but to have, again, to have now not just context of learning new canon clues, but learning, you know, the hows and the, you know, the what's and the whys of, of all this moment, really interesting to me. And so the second time I watched it, I was able to not remove myself from the situation emotionally, but just like, this is a great story. It's well, it's a circle of storytelling, all angles, all things. And I love what you're saying about the choices, the choices, how you respond to big moments continue. You continue to have choices. I believe though. Some of the choices might be slim (laughs) or (laughs) as many as other people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, that's what, I, that's, that's, what I, that's what I was gravi- gravitating to. and Excellent. And, hey, having to make sure you're pulling towards the light and not going down the dark side for me. Yeah.
1: Um, speaking of the dark side, uh, there's a really interesting exchange to me between uh, Rafa and Ahsoka about Trace. Uh, Rafa and Ahsoka throughout ha- the episode kind of have a little banter of trying to, you know, kid each other and have a little bit more maybe respect for one another. Uh, and Rafa at one point, uh, Ahsoka maybe says to Rafa, like, Hey, you clearly have skills. Maybe you are cut out for this. Uh, but maybe Trace isn't. And Rafa says, well, basically it's Trace's choice if she wants to follow me. And Ahsoka counters that. Well, no, Trace is not going to say no to her sibling. Which gets into these really interesting uh, ideas of choice and of course it feels like Ahsoka absolutely working through. Did I make my own choices or was I just following Anakin because I would say yes to anything because I love my older brother (laughs) Jedi master.
4: I love that you brought that up, man. I love that you brought that up. This is, this is what happens when, when you take a moment to really watch these shows and, and the storytellers are doing their job because absolutely that's what I'm taking from it. Right. Cause there's on the surface level, there's some stuff with trace. Yeah. Trace does have a choice. She doesn't know she has a choice. Maybe, maybe that's, and that's a simplified way to look at it. Um, she doesn't know she has a choice. Uh, she might learn that. I think Ahsoka learned that at one point, right? <laughs> like, pretty big uh oh i have a choice to do this but i love what you just said i love what you said because we keep talking about this 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 mentions of skywalker academy and my brother and we all get our heartstrings pulled but also what's the other side of that is is now she is maybe looking back at it was i going down the right path and who knows she's not aware of it yet maybe she maybe you know oh gosh does this lead to the dark side because could this lead to the dark side Those are big questions for this wonderful character and questions about Anakin and Darth Vader.
1: Yeah, and also just like her trying to let Rafa see, you don't know as a older sibling, as a sort of a a mentor, you don't recognize the sway you hold over your sister. And because I've been in your sister's place, I really recognize that. So I'm going to try to hold up the mirror to you. And I'm so curious to see if they're going to follow through On that with uh, Rafa realizing that, you know, she has more influence on Trace than Mm. she is allowing herself to admit.
4: Yeah, yeah, I think it's important. I think, yeah, what if Anakin had learned, you know, (laughs) what if you've been told, hey, you know, you got some stuff going on, make sure you don't pass that stuff on to your, uh, you know, your sister by choice here. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, And it's, yeah, interesting to see, you know, what elements of uh, Soka wrestling with the jedi are the jedi in general or anakin
4: specifically <laughs> yeah oh column a column b situation there yeah definitely
1: yeah um so the the other thing that i wanted to talk about we've already uh you've already uh touched on a little bit but um the sort of other big lucas star wars question is how should the jedi act uh and this is the, uh, a thing that I've, I've been on a lot about when we talk about justice for the Jedi and just saying, well, yep, they screwed up in the prequels. They were bad. Like, yep, they made mistakes. They absolutely made mistakes. But appreciating the finer points of all of the Star Wars storytelling that this is what the Jedi constantly wrestle with is in their ideal world, everything would be fine and they could just meditate. But they want to, you know, they want to uh, defend but as soon as you act, any time you take an act, especially if you have great power like the Jedi, you mm. risk those actions causing accidentally even more pain. And this is such a great way to wrestle with it, where we can watch this episode and hear that story and absolutely empathize with the Martez sisters of, yeah, that's awful what the Jedi did. But mm. then you go and, and ask yourself, well, hey, a dangerous a gangster is, um, is escaping after another gangster held a bunch of senators hostage the jedis are are jedi are the guardians of peace and justice are they just going to sit on their thumbs yeah and yeah. and you you're really falling on the empathizing with the jedi perspective from your own experience that yeah. hey sometimes if if you've been given the responsibility to act you have to act
4: yeah. And then it's, it's 360 degree, uh, approach to the situation that I think is needed. And, 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 um, you know, this tie, this ties to Cassian Andor being raised by separatists and, and being wary rightfully so of the Jedi based somewhat on maybe on propaganda or point of view, but also real experience with, I'm sure what his family went through. So I love that it questions that, um, yeah. And, and, yeah yeah I, I I think there's there's a choice that luminara had and that she didn't make you know
1: yeah so you've talked about that a couple of times of, of hey in in uh dangerous moments sometimes maybe people are gonna get hurt uh but your critique is what luminara does afterwards let's talk about that a little bit so that seems to be the the real sticking point is that uh luminara goes to the Martez sisters and doesn't really offer them any practical help but tells them the that they will be okay because the the force will be with them <laughs> is and that's the part that really bothered you
4: right it, it's part of what bothers me yeah yeah and, and and in the end in the end what bothers me so because because person this is what i do personally personally i might strike out and get get angry at something or someone or a situation right i and i strike out da 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 And then I slowly start to calm down and realize my mistake in the situation, what I've done before that led to this or what I should do after, Uh, you know, uh, and in these types of situations, this is what I talk about this kind of 360 degree looking at all of the situation. I would stand by the Jedi's decision, but to her to come by and just be like, say your prayers and walk off. You're not completing your journey. You're not completing your mission. You're not completing in your duty in its complete in 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 um, complete uh, uh entirety there. You know, it, it's not uh yeah, you're not done. You're not done. And she failed, and that is to me a little bit of a reflection on some of the stuff George was saying, and what we feel about Ahsoka. We we really feel Ahsoka is Jedi and right, Jediin right, uh, and is reflecting Is reflective of the core of the Jedi and that the order had lost its way. I'm not putting a lot of blame on Luminara, like you know, that this she's the you know number one example of a Jedi cracking in during the prequel eras, but I don't think even even then, faced with um these two now refugees of this situation, um, I don't think Ahsoka would have made that same decision decision. Um you know what i mean she she has the true core of the jedi i don't think the jedi in the high republic era would would do this we'll find that out you know what i mean yeah. and and that's so that's where i was really interested that's that's that big question of what was the order doing maybe it was just an individual maybe luminar made this decision and no one else in the order knew we don't know it's an interesting iceberg uh, tip of the iceberg storytelling here but that's where my mind went with this
1: yeah, my mind went to, is it a a thing that we hear a lot about in this era of Jedi, is it like red tape where Luminara would normally want to take some kind of responsibility for them, but that involves like, well, no, 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 There's a whole, that's a whole court procedure, that's a whole, you know, we, we go through the, the government for that, so the Jedi can't get involved with that, that's red tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, The other thing that my mind went to is that, you know, there's this whole great, uh, perhaps meta critique, you know, you've got Lucas is the master uh, passing things on to Dave Filoni and Dave Filoni is the master now and we're going full circle. And is there a little bit of uh, Filoni critiquing Star Wars of the past? Because this is a thing that fans have talked about and fans have joked about where, you will see Jedi go, oh, we've got a problem. Well, let's meditate on it or don't worry. The Force will tell us what to do. And, and sometimes you do want to yell at the screen like, no, practical answer. <laughs> Give them a practical solution. And there's a part of me that wonders, is this, you know, a, a point where Lubinara means well. Mm-hmm. She means to apologize and means to say, you know, this horrible thing has be befallen you, but now you have... Your choice of how you will make your way in the galaxy, and and I have faith in you. Good luck. Or is this, hey, that that's nice that you believe in the Force, Luminara, but you have a responsibility to practically do something. Yeah,
4: yeah, and I don't have the answer to exactly what that is, but I, I, to your point of Felony, some kind of meta look back. I, I think in a way, whether intentional or, or not, it works that way. It really does, kind of, kind of kind of make me think about it and in, in a wonderful way i just love i love the, the this kind of storytelling in our modern era of star wars so yeah i wonder. good yeah and i because i don't think Dave, i think dave would agree the jedi are right you know or good you know what i mean like he, he would want justice for the jedi too but they have to get there they have to earn that and maybe that's part of what he's trying to uh put out there yeah
1: yeah i think he's i think he's pretty okay critiquing the jedi what with uh working in the the clone wars era and that kind of thing yeah. but yeah uh you mentioned this, and is another thing that really jumped out to me in this uh, this episode's wrestling with uh, who are the Jedi and what should they be, this uh, through line that Ahsoka seemed to be wanting to react in the opposite from the uh, Luminara tale, where uh, there's that through line where Ahsoka asks Trace why Trace helped Ahsoka in the first place, and she said, well, that's because that's how my mom raised me, and then we felt we didn't have a choice, we couldn't we couldn't operate like that after my parents died. Uh, but then Ahsoka later reflects that back to her, that same Martinez mom philosophy of, uh, well, this is, this is what I do. Because uh, Rafa asks Ahsoka why she's helping. And, and Ahsoka says, well, this is just what I do. I help people when I see them in trouble. And is that what you were talking about when you say we are seeing Ahsoka Jediing right
4: Yeah, I, I believe so. I believe whether, again, some of it, she just might not know that she's doing it perfectly. I mean, there's no perfect way she's going to make mistakes. I get that. But you know what I mean? Like it's just her nature. It's truly her nature and the fact that it was their mother's nature and the, and, and I, again, I understand where they're going. Look, we, we have to huddle up. We can't uh, help. We got to worry about us uh, using yours right now. I, 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 I like that, but I, I think for just it is truly Ahsoka's nature, which makes her even beyond a Jedi. <laughs> she doesn't need the badge of the lightsaber. That's who she is. I like that.
1: Yeah, and and there's a real uh, push pull again between I think the way that uh, some fans imagined the Jedi from the original trilogy versus how the story has been crafted in all of Star Wars later storytelling. And there's a real interesting thing to me about should the Jedi be Uh, sort of macro or micro focused because my take on the Jedi in the prequel era is like with slavery like well we we don't think that's right but we are worried about what's going to happen if we go to a large-scale war with Mm -hmm. a bunch of criminals a bunch of different uh you know planets and organizations Mm -hmm. uh to deal with that problem on a macro level and here's Ahsoka almost saying like I kind of think Jedi should just wander around in any individuals or any individual situation they see, they should help. Like, it feels like Ahsoka is almost making the argument of, like, Qui-Gon, I know you can't take down all slavery on Tatooine, but you should have just rescued Shmi because she was right there in front of you. And mm. she was a person who needed help in front of you right now.
4: Yeah, that's a that's a big question. And it's a big question, and maybe maybe as we start to learn more about what came before maybe that's where they were again going to this idea of of them being generals in a war right I mean it seemed cool that seemed really cool in 2002 (laughs) I didn't (laughs) didn't question it at all I mean because we were raised with General Kenobi you know years ago you served my father in Clone Wars but I didn't think about it (laughs) yeah Yeah. and I love that I do so yeah Yeah. maybe maybe Ahsoka's right
1: yeah and I, I like that you see you get to see General Kenobi you know Care about the big picture, but also care about the little people when he can. And it's just such an interesting uh, debate uh, to Mm -hmm. me. And and I hope we get to see more of it. Uh, But moving along, the moral of this episode was who you were does not have to define who you are. It is a a pretty familiar Star Wars idea, but uh, how did it grab you? What did it make you think of?
4: This is a definitely because on the surface, that's real simple. We also just just dealt with that in Rise of Skywalker. Uh, right. So there's a lot of connections there. But when you, especially when you rewatch the episode and take notes, I don't suggest uh, anyone needs to take notes to rewatch the shows. But when you do, <laughs> just this really works on several different layers and different areas, you know, because it, it's truly not just what, but uh, what you were, but who. And that can go on. Uh, you know, I'm a smuggler. I was a smuggler. Now I'm a rebel. Now, you know, I was a spice runner. Now I'm a, a resistance leader. Um, it's more than job titles. But it really, this episode, it's constant uh, beliefs and tactics. And, and then also, I think what people think of you doesn't mean you have to stay in that box and have to live in that box. Uh, and nothing can define you. And, and don't let things don't you know, l- don't even let you define yourself in terms of how you act going forward. You know, it, 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 you, you, again, going to change and growth.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That idea that you can reinvent yourself like yeah from just a, a a real world place of you know hey I've, I've been an accountant for 15 years but uh, maybe now I want to be a painter like you you can change <laughs> you can yeah. try you have that choice uh, but then in that Star Wars way I think what really struck me is I, l- I really like the phrasing of who you were does not have to define who you are because it almost goes to some of the discussions that we've had about redemption you know in mm-hmm. that that word redemption got used and kind of just the standard term for what happens with vader anakin at the end of return of the jedi and then as we were building up to rise of skywalker that question about can kylo ever be redeemed and phrasing it like this so gets down to it's not about hey i did one thing and now i'm forgiven for everything always it doesn't change the past just that idea that's been in a lot of modern star wars storytelling of I can make a different choice any time, and I can start heading back down the road in a different direction.
4: Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to trying to say, yeah. It it's um, Ben Solo doesn't uh, to me Ben Solo's he's not defined what people know of Kylo Ren. If that makes sense, it, it, you know, his uh, his redemption. Uh, can be very personal too, because he might never. The name Kylo Ren and Ben Solo might be soiled forever, uh, right? Raiders was so. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think the, the shorter, simpler way of trying to uh, of, of what I'm trying to say is one good choice is always worth it for being one good choice. Yeah. 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 I, I I like that idea and how it uh, relates to larger storytelling and this specific episode. Uh, Moving along, we had some action back in the Clone Wars. Did you have a favorite action moment?
4: I really enjoyed Ahsoka kind of fist fighting and kicking the pikes. Uh, No (laughs) real uh, force involved, no lightsabers. Uh, Just uh, her fighting on the ground, man. And uh, I I, uh, was watching that again this morning, just like she's in it, man, and uh, kicking ass. And I really liked that sequence.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, that that was very, very cool. And there's uh there's so much of Ahsoka using the force uh, in secret, which we'll talk about. But I have to say, one of my favorite force moves, we gotta add it to my list if we ever do a Star Wars ranked on best force moves, her lifting the pikes out of cover to be shot by the Martez sisters. <laughs>
4: uh yes. Uh um Yes, yes, yes. I love that. That was, uh, I think I even, uh, I think I even missed that the first time. Must have looked down, you know, you didn't think you looked down. I saw it this morning. I was like, this is, I want to do this on a video game.
1: Yeah. In the, in the way that they were, uh, they were complimenting each other, like great shot. (laughs) It was just like, it's, it's. You know, it's violent. The bikes are getting shot, but is just I I love seeing uh, more imaginative ways of like, hey, if if we can just kind of push and pull people around with the force, what all can we do? I'll just pull them into the line of fire. That's awesome. (laughs) Oh. uh, so uh, we will talk more about some other uh, favorite moments of action as we dig into all of the details of the episode. But first, we are going to take a quick break and then we will be back for more dangerous debt here on the Clone Wars Report. And we are back here on the Clone Wars Report. We are discussing the episode Dangerous Debt, and we're going to get into some of the details scene by scene. So we begin right away, right in the cage. Uh, Ahsoka, Trace, and Rafa are in a cell on Obadiah. Ahsoka's making the the moral argument about uh, Spice and how it will hurt hurt people. And she hears the story of uh, Luminara accidentally killing the, the Martez parents. And we talked a lot about all of the kind of big thematic and moral implications and wrestling with that. But I wanted to dive into how did you feel to just kind of hear this depth of Clone Wars canon, kind of tying it all together.
4: I gotta tell you, uh, once I once I worked through the other things, or even while I I was experiencing some other questions about what I felt about the what the characters were saying or feeling, take that aside. I love this man, right? Um, Because this is. It scratches that surface level canon itch. Um, it makes it all count. It makes me wonder what's going on. And sometimes I don't like, you know, I've, I've mentioned before, I don't want to be, I don't want to have the too much, well, around the corner was this character. You just didn't know it. We created the character 30 years later. Uh, some of that, I'm not a huge fan of it, but other times they've won me over. Sinjin, uh, Sinjur, excuse me, as uh, is, is one of those um, examples. Um, this one, I like it. I like it. Now I want to go back and watch um, other Clone Force episodes and be like, what could that mean for more story? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I really,
1: this is as much as I love talking about like the big themes and ideas. I do just nerd out about the, oh, as soon as that story started. I was partially uh, paying attention to the stakes of it, but I was really getting excited about, ooh, is this going to be from an episode that we actually saw? And ooh, which Jedi, which Jedi did that? And as soon as the Jedi description happened, which Jedi could that be? And uh, I really just enjoyed that from a enjoying canon and making it feel like a lived-in world. Uh, Mm -hmm. But then as I sat with it a little bit more, I liked that it felt very full circle because there are a million different, you know, ideas or moments of violence. It could have been the Zillow Beast, you know. But right. the fact that it was Zero the Hut, and, mm. you know, involving mm. Cad Bane uh, and goes back to the beginning of Clone Wars with the the first story, the movie involving Zero the Hut has a little bit of this uh, full circle vibe of that. That was an event that happened relatively early on and uh, kind of tying it back to the beginning in some ways was really cool to me.
4: Oh, it totally was. And I know since, you know, did, uh, Rafa and Trace are, are kind of newer uh, additions to the story and everything. Right. Cause there was this one, this one kid that I think that was attached to it. So t- to me, it tells me not that, not that when they put that first moment out there they were, that they were like, Hey, seven years from now or seven seasons <laughs> from now, moment moment back. But the fact that they could look back at previous storytelling and go, where, where does this fit in? You know, it's not just a canon checklist, but where does it fit in, and what are where? How does it help us tell our story, but also just being fun? Uh, yeah, well done.
1: Yeah, yeah. And for me, the long personal journey I've had with uh, Clone Wars, which I've talked about plenty, but you know, when I saw first saw the movie and had my ups and downs with it, the weirdness of Zero and the Truman Capote impression was one of the things that was the toughest for me. Uh, and now to kind of for myself go full circle, where I'm happy. <laughs> thrilled to hear a reference to zero the hut and go, Oh, awesome. What happened with zero? Oh, can we get that? Can we get some more zero victory for zero, the Hut. victory for zero, the hut, even though I know he is dead shot by size <laughs> noodles. So very, very sad. Um, it also really grabbed me of, because this is Foloni now doing this all by himself my mind just kind of keeps centering on that. And I I wonder how much this is also a taking responsibility for how violent the Clone Wars is because like Mm -hmm. even compared to Star Wars Rebels, Clone Wars is, Mm -hmm. there is a ton of death. Uh, And I wonder if this is a little bit of Filoni thinking through, okay, but what happened to the characters by that explosion and that explosion and that clone trooper that got slaughtered. Did did they have a friend? (laughs)
4: i wonder you know and he's also working on mando which has its own special breed of violence too uh, and it's built in to these wars in the stars and to be able to again make me think make anyone else think or to at least show the other side of it i i, I applaud him if if it's done with any level of intention
1: yeah yeah and well and, and this is one of those things i think i am uh pontificating from the creator's perspective but this is one of the great things too of is- Once something exists, uh, we as the audience get to uh, interpret it and play with it uh, it, as we want. So even if it's not intended, it's a fun thing to think through of just my own enjoyment of the Clone Wars because I enjoy the action. I enjoy the explosions. uh, I enjoy seeing the the Jedi go go crazy. uh, But I also like to think about the ramifications of it. And it's really cool that this story allows me to do that. Uh, Speaking of violence, (laughs) let's move on to uh, Rafa being fairly brutally tortured by uh, a B or an 8D Smelter series droid. And my question for you, Ken, is um, what is with these droids love and torture?
4: I'll tell you what, it's still one of the best designs in Star Wars. Low key, one of the best designed Creatures, droids, characters in Star Wars, right? They are creepy. They're built for torture. I <laughs> guess that's it. I guess that's it. I want to. I want to meet the one that's just like out there writing poems and chasing space butterflies. <laughs> yeah, this one beautiful. Yeah, this one was. Ex- I'm, not, go, I'm sorry. God, go ahead. Uh, the the uh, re- recording remotely has struck us again. Um, and I'm not celebrating the torture of Rafa, but just the the, the hunch, the drag of the foot. Like this was. This is a a win in terms of design yeah this is
1: great the the hunch uh the sparking hands uh just yeah a, a beautiful creepy design uh and then yeah it has such great uh connection to the tortured droid and java's palace and then when you were at galaxy's edge there is the uh similar series droid who is constantly rotating the big uh piece of meat yep uh did did you uh, worry about that droid, uh, maybe at Galaxy's Edge, uh, losing its
4: mind and starting to torture people? I, well, I mean, he's torturing that meat. Now, so it's <laughs> he, intimidating. I didn't, and, you know, for the record, I didn't order any meat. I was afraid. I was afraid. I ordered some some weird breakfast yogurt. Um, so, yeah, it works on that level, too. You just can't help but think, look at that thing, torturing that meat. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: it, it's so great that you said torturing that meat twice on this podcast That is a yeah. beautiful phrase um moving along uh so then we get a lot of uh, escaping there's a whole lot of escaping uh trace is the one who uh kicks butt and uh she uh, kicks literal uh, not literal pike but she meets uh, some pikes up shoots them uh throws them in front of the sparking hands of the 8D smelter droid soka unlocks the door with uh force uh we get some the thorian and wekway uh, fighting um, so i wanted to ask you specifically about trace's combat skills Um uh, where did you feel like oh she's got more uh sort of uh street smart tufts up her sleeve than we thought
4: yeah this reminded me of in force awakens same kind of uh same kind of thing you know just uh uh she, she probably has had to have been in a few scrapes in her day and this speaks to Their level, uh, the tough level uh, of of survival needed, uh, the survivor skills needed. So I I really liked it. Other than again, Star Wars can just work on the action moment, man. It could just work on the surface. You can live there and be fine and cool. It was a great fight sequence, but I just I like watching it, man, because she she didn't really show her skills were mechanical, right? Yeah, Uh, that's what flying. She hopes, she wishes, but the fact that this has had to happen now, again, not celebrating that some point Trace has needed a fight for food or something like that but just this is an a, a, a intriguing well-rounded character
1: yeah i think since last episode and kind of the beginning of this episode has really uh, cast uh her as the younger more naive sister is this it was a nice surprise to go oh yeah even though we saw her fight in the first episode of this arc that she is resourceful and good with a blaster was really cool to see um the other thing that I really liked in this uh, sequence throughout this episode, they used a lot of those uh, background uh, Cantina Kenner action figures again, yes, <laughs> which made me feel like are are they the the same characters? Do they uh, or do they just a lot of people dress that way? Is that a the a, the blue onesie is a common yeah. Thorian <laughs> garb? Uh, yeah. But I was just really entertained when uh, you know I liked uh, I liked Trace letting uh, the authorian in the weak way. Out um but in particular that uh Thorian is the action figure of Hammerhead, and when he gets out he grabs the pike and he literally hammers the pike's head <laughs> into the wall.
4: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it just made me so happy to see yeah. Hammerhead actually <laughs> hammer ahead.
4: It 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 took uh, forty two plus years to finally fulfill that promise. <laughs> That's right.
1: If you name an action figure hammerhead, you gotta hammer some heads. Uh, anything else in this general prison escape sequence that you wanted to touch on? I
4: there apparently there is. I just put a note that said Ahsoka is quote gonna help. And as I'm looking at it now, I don't remember what that means. <laughs> I gotta make a little more thorough notes when I'm writing in the morning, having coffee. Oh, so
1: yeah, was it her choice to unlock the
4: door? Ah, might have been. I can't believe it's hilarious because I was so proud of myself. I've been taking better notes. (laughs) (laughs) Quote, going to help like I'm taunting Ahsoka. Uh,
1: (laughs) You're going to help Ahsoka. Uh, All right. Well, let's move on. We'll see if we unlock uh, the meaning of that mystery note. Uh, So then the next big section of the episode is a lot of uh, fleeing. There's a a lot of uh, mayhem and fighting as they try to escape. And a lot of Ahsoka using the Force secretly, uh, including the pushing trace. So she makes this, the jump, Ahsoka herself doing a jump, um, that can, uh, troll tower uh, butt-kicking scene that you mentioned, that where she is not being seen by the Martez sisters, so she's really going out uh, full force. Uh, I wanted to ask you how you felt about the, sort of the storytelling morality of Ahsoka hiding her Jedi skills at this point
4: in terms of like, do I agree with it is, 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 or do I want her to just to pull out a lightsaber? Um, I, I love the tension of it. I'll just go there. I love the tension that I still think she feels as though she can't reveal this is to, to anyone, um, that less they'll come chase it after. I think more than anything, she doesn't want them to come around anymore. Maybe Anakin to talk, but she doesn't want to go back. Um, um and I like, it just creates tension. So when it finally does explode fully, uh, we're at, uh, and i whether it's in this arc or the next one is Ahsoka is going to be front and center again, right. As, as, as who she is. So uh, I just like that building tension. And I like that, like you said, to your point, no one's watching. She can do a force push and put all push all four of those, you know, uh, jerks out the window, but she's keeping, keeping it to close to the chest.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it makes sense in this episode in particular where she was getting closer because they were in such danger to just going, yeah, I am a Jedi. I'm going to unlock the the door with the force and then I'm going to, you know, kick all these pikes ass and you're going to listen to me because I'm a Jedi. It seems like she's about to do that and then has this horrible backstory of the Martez sisters revelation. And now it almost feels like she doesn't want them to know almost on a personal level. But mm. then. But she's also really finding in herself like, yeah, I, I really feel like my goal is a light side force users to just help. And of course, I'm not going to let Trace fall or <laughs> let myself be left behind because Rafa's <laughs> not coming back for me um, And there. There's an interesting morality to it of. Is it an omission or is she lying to the Martez sisters?
4: Ooh, yeah, I I would say a uh, a a omission. <laughs> Obviously, a lot of reason. Bef- there was reason before, but there's more reason now to not say. Oh, by the way, Skywalker Academy. I'm in Jedi Order.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think that that will be addressed next episode. But I also agree with you. It's just really fun because you get to see different kinds of force yeah. use. Um. I really loved the, the leap over and the, uh, they think that she fell <laughs> in Rafa's
4: delivery on. That's terrible. Yeah. One <laughs> like, of my favorite Ahsoka lines now, I look uh, more athletic than I look. which <laughs> <laughs> She looks pretty athletic. Yeah. Uh, well,
1: like, how much great. more
4: athletic can you look than looking like you are,
1: you know, an Olympic level gymnast? Um, yeah. Yeah. So it just it creates all this great action, including the the moment I love of, of pulling the pikes out from cover. Um, and it mm. almost makes me want to see like, yeah, I would love to see a full on uh, James Bond Jedi espionage where they're using the force constantly, but without being discovered. Would, there are that's moments great. of that in Star Wars, but it'd be great to see like that's the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anything else in this uh, general section that you uh, made uh, notes on?
4: Uh no, and I, I understood every note that I had right. Um yeah, no, I, I liked a lot. Uh, um, I liked the sequence a lot. Just on the surface, there was I think some. You brought up some pacing stuff, so I had some. Of the, initially, had some thoughts too, but uh, that's a little bit later on. Okay, okay.
1: Uh yeah, because I just I, I enjoyed all this action, particularly because it was Ahsoka being a secret. Jedi uh and then we get to kind of a big canon moment that I think a lot of people are excited about Uh return of the Mandalorians uh so we see uh Bo-Katan recognize Ahsoka she says I think that's the Jedi I met on Carlac." uh that is the Clone Wars episode a friend in need um Involves uh, uh, Lux Bonteri coming up with a incredibly dubious plan to draw Count Dooku out so he can get revenge. And it does not work out well uh, for really anyone. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Bo-Katan specifically says that uh, the Jedi might be useful against their common enemy. So beyond set up for, oh, this is how uh, Ahsoka finds out the situation with Maul and gets to to Mandalore to set up the last arc. What else did you respond to in this? What did it mean to you?
4: Well, what it means, we we always talk about the why uh, in situations in Star Wars. This is, we got problems on Mandalore. We got Maul in charge, Darksaber there, uh, all those kind of situations. Uh, The Mandalorians don't trust Jedis, but we're in an era where essentially, maybe Bo-Katan could go to the Jedi order, could at least go to the government. And be like, hey, there's a problem over here. Maybe she did. And the answer is no. And so she immediately recognizes Ahsoka. You know, she's not like, oh, there's Ahsoka Tano, my friend from another mission. She's like, oh, that, I think that's so and so. And there's a feeling that Bo Katan has that that is the type of person that will help me. Not the other Jedi I know, not the other government organizations or military uh, factions I know. That's the person that I could seek help. Uh, It's a pretty powerful moment.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think it's really interesting that it was tied, you know, bo is where she is at right now because, you know, she uh, knows that Maul killed her sister yeah. and kind of had that great moment with Obi-Wan where Obi-Wan figures out that they are, that the Bo-Katan and, and Satine are related. Um, So there is that little bit of like, well, bo could, she knows she could probably call Obi-Wan mm-hmm. for help, but would he? Or would he be too, yeah. you know, proper? And and I think, you know, uh, a lot of this starts to tie to the Son of Dathomir uh, four-issue comic book. So I would, uh, if people are really, like, canon-hungry for all of this, I think that's definitely a great um, series to catch up on because that uh, picks up from the last time that we have seen Maul in Clone Wars where he has had his operation shut down by Sidious. And this is kind of the, how does Maul end up Back on Mandalore and that whole son of Dathomir comic and uh, there's a lot in there about you know what the Jedi do and do want when it do and don't want when it comes to Maul and Mandalore and all that uh, so there's a lot of juicy stuff there um, then uh, Ursa Wren was there how did you feel about that
4: Oh, I love that, man. I love that. I love the connection. And now we are playing with, uh, you know, the chance to maybe go back and add some scenes or refix some scenes that they may have already done. Yeah, this season seven, is this weird mix. A lot of this was already done. A lot of it was uh, it's adjusted and some of it's brand spanking new. So to be able to go back and and correct it or or change things, I I really love that. And you know, that mysterious third Mandalorian there doesn't say much. It's got my um, uh, speculating running amok. Of, oh, of yeah? I think it could have been, uh, I'm trying to, trying to track the timeline, but I could think, I think it could be a young Sabine. Ooh, really? That's what I think. I mean, but this is, I'm talking, I'm a, speculation run amok. It could be, yeah. it could be Cheryl Wren, but <laughs> their cousin, you know, yeah. show picnics. I think Sabine would probably be
1: too young, right? Cause this is good. I mean, Fifteen years before Rebels began.
4: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. The timeline sets. That's why you, speculation starts running irresponsibly, and suddenly yeah. you're forced to do uh, a theory videos on a channel that barely exists anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong, but it got me. It got me running. Got yeah. my got my mind racing.
1: How about this for uh for wild uh, speculation slash desire? Uh, how would you feel if we meet the Armorer from the Mandalorian? That ooh see
4: okay. Now you just swayed me. You got my vote. You're doing good. You're doing some really grassroots campaigning here. I, I would like that too. Having just watched uh, the first three episodes, of Mando this weekend as well too, and really, uh, really do love the the um, the armor. That'd be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, since
1: there is in Mandalorian diff- some different uh, philosophy of Mandalorians versus some of the stuff that we see in the Clone Wars. If if Feloni will use this this last arc. Uh, to do any sort of uh, playing with, with those ideas will be really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. But I was, mm. I'm very happy to just kind of see all, all of these threads between Rebels, Clone Wars, and the Mandalorian, you know, possibly meeting up is, is really cool and exciting. Uh, so going going toward the end here, uh, the gang gets recaptured. Uh, Rafa uh, fully apologizes. Uh, Ahsoka says, well, well, you know, we we live and learn. Uh and then Trace is like, well, we'll see how long we live, (laughs) basically.
4: That was a a great It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia episode you just pitched there. The game gets recaptured. I love that. Um, Yeah. Um, Sorry. I I started laughing and got distracted. Uh, Yeah. yeah, This this was initially for me because this was where I did have initial like we did all that to get recaptured again, which is just a base level reaction to things, but it's obviously about what we learned on the journey. Yeah, yeah.
1: And, and I agree with that. It is about what we learn on the journey. And I think uh, I got some maybe uh, predictions, hopes uh, for what might happen in the fourth episode. But there is a little bit for me, uh, even though I've loved all of the ideas and in all the characters in this arc, there is that that plotting question of how many events happen and what has changed from the beginning of the episode to the end of the episode and thematically and emotionally, uh, those have always been satisfying for me in this arc. But just in terms of events, of physically, what did the characters accomplish? What did they choose? And where did they end up? Just plot-wise, um, I- I'm really hoping for a good payoff for the fact that they are, well, back where we started. Because it has a little bit of a <laughs> Laurel and Hardy, well, this is another fine mess. We're back where we started, kind of vibe to it.
4: Uh, 100%, you know, is is, is, is going to lead to uh, Bo-Katan breaking them out, all those kind of wonderful things, questions to answer uh, next week, of course. But, yeah, 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 just a little bit. Again, and that's on the surface, and I, I know where you're coming from, too. I think I, I, I felt it um, uh, the first times, particularly the first time.
1: Yeah, but I, I, think, um, I, I think I really, more than anything, agree with you that even though I've got some questions, that it is more important of what did we learn, uh, in terms of characters, in terms of ideas. So I'm not too upset about yeah. it, but just poking a little bit of fun. I think for, for yeah. next episode, it, it is interesting to me of, uh, is it just going to be, yes, uh, Bo-Katan breaks in and says, Hey, I'm going to rescue you because I need a Jedi. And then Ahsoka fully has to deal with uh, sharing the truth with her new <laughs> friends, you know, or is it going to be a yeah. little bit more uh, that now that the three of them have kind of all, over the arc of this episode, taking a little bit more responsibility for their choices if they're going to be able to work together as a team and and escape better this
4: time. Mm. I I yeah I like um I like both options. I I kind of want Ahsoka to have control over the reveal uh, and what it means. Um, but yeah, we'll see.
1: Yeah. Oh, that, that's a, that's a good point. Good point. Uh, as we begin to wrap up here, do you have any other, uh, characters, moments, planets, ideas that you want to discuss from the episode dangerous debt?
4: Yeah. Minor things, but fun things. I, I thought Obadiah, uh, it was, is begging to be a video game level on some <laughs> story mode on battlefront three that we'll never get, or, you know, uh, just maybe just play it. Like it, it just looked beautiful. Uh, it was, uh, Kind of reminded me of like a course on 1313 13 type thing as well. But like just it looked great. I could see runner and they're literally doing the duck and run, shoot, duck, fight, you know, get to the next level. Oh, there's our ship. We must climb up. Press X to jump up. <laughs> I like, that. Yeah. Uh, there was also uh, two uh, little two, two little moments. Uh, the uh, Weequay and Athorian did show back up in this episode when they're out walking around, and they're, they're, <laughs> I, I think I missed it the first time, but the second time to see them just looking back and being like, "Oh, uh, let's go, let's keep going." It was a fun little nod. Uh, and the final one for me, uh, this brutal Pike Guard death oh. it, 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 the the door closed, the elevator goes. <laughs> it's like we assume ripped and cut in half and smushed. Yep. And then they didn't even really use that elevator. It was just to take his weapon, I think. (laughs) I mean, God, you got to do what you got to do. You do great. Um, But, you know, you know, now I want them to go talk to his kids. All right.
1: It is. Yeah, it was a great counterpoint to all of my, ooh, the Clone Wars is going to take responsibility for the acts of, oh, uh, his head got smashed in an elevator. (laughs) (laughs)
4: <laughs> and they you know they show the brief second of well, 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 well no it's like like temple of doom where, where pat roach's character gets smushed like ah.
1: <laughs> yeah and i'm glad you brought up the uh the hammerhead moment because i love the little noise he makes of, <laughs> yeah uh, that's a great one uh I, I i wanted to agree with you on oba the, the prison in general it's just one of the great clone wars designs one of the reasons that i love the whole prequel era of how it expanded the the design palette of star wars from the original trilogy and just the kind of uh flowing sort of beautiful oh. like what a beautiful prison to be held in
4: <laughs> uh yeah no 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 i i i agree with you there that is a uh, very very almost um Gunga, you know yeah. some gunga in there i liked that
1: yeah yeah and then the last thing that i uh wanted to share which i thought about a little bit during the episode but then my mind went to it more when we were talking about ahsoka learning from anakin the idea that she also learned from obi-wan and watching the episode and thinking what are moments where ahsoka is doing what obi-wan would do versus when is ahsoka doing what anakin would do and ahsoka like Being a little shady, not admitting she's a Jedi and secretly using the force to quietly take care of problems. That is so Obi-Wan. But then at the end, when like, oh, uh, Trace and Rafa look like they've been recaptured. What should I do? Grab a giant ship and plow into stuff is so (laughs) Anakin.
4: Yeah. Well, you know, that's one of the great things about Ahsoka. She's so herself, such an individual and such on that journey. But, you know, she has three big influences. uh, And that's Anakin, uh, Obi-Wan and Padme. So to see, you can see some of those actions throughout. So I think that's, and I would expect nothing less from you to recognize uh, Obi Wan's legacy in everything. I I try to celebrate
1: celebrate Obi Wan whenever I can. Uh, Moving on to the to the end of the podcast here. If you could have an action figure of any of these characters we met, who would you want an action figure of?
4: I think I'm going with the Trace and Rafa escape with an exclamation point two pack. Um, uh, you know, I think they're the great fighting duo. I think uh, uh, you could sell that two pack. I want, I want to Trace and a figure, but why not put them together and call it, uh, you know, uh, Obadiah Escape?
1: Oh, nice, nice, yeah, because they could come with some of the uh, blasters, the Pike blasters, and you know, stun prods that they stole.
0: <laughs> yeah, you could make and it make that death worth pack. it.
4: Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. three pack with a Pike guard too. With its what's that? Remover- you could make it a three pack with a uh, the Pike guard with a removable head.
1: Oh, that is perfect. You got yourself a cinema scene.
4: <laughs> yes. Uh, for myself,
1: I think I'd, I'd go as it, creepy and and awful as it, that droid was. I think I'd go with the uh, 8D uh, smelting droid with the uh, hunchback mm-hmm. and the uh, the sparking hands. That would be pretty great.
4: Ooh. Yeah, you get some of those little plastic, like the lightning bolts they use for like Palpatine figures. Just put the little sparks coming out. <laughs> I like that.
1: Yeah, yeah, beautiful, beautiful action figure, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap up uh, this episode as we always do by by hearing the moral. Uh, what do you think the moral of this episode of our Clone Wars Report podcast is?
4: I think the moral should be: you do not have to be defined by your first viewing of anything. <laughs> that
1: is absolutely beautiful. That has been the Clone Wars Report. We'll be